and welcome to the Q York podcast, brought to you from our local church in the beautiful city of York in the UK. The message you're about to hear is from one of our services, which also feature great live music and relevant movie clips. These can all be found on our blog, so to make sure you're getting the full experience, feel free to head over to qyork.co.uk and select blog to find the relevant content. There's also a huge selection of talks and live music videos on our media page, as well as a donate button if you'd like to show your appreciation and enable us to keep producing free content like this. Finally, to stay up to date on new blogs and events at Q, you can sign up for emails by filling in your name and email address at the bottom of any page on the website. But right now, it's time for the message. Hello. Um, a warm welcome to you all this morning, especially if you are visiting us. I know we have a Halloween party for the, the young children in our midst in a few moments. And during the next song, if you want to make your way out the back, your Halloween festivities will begin. I just wanted to welcome you this morning and to just relay the news to those of you that may not have heard that John Band sadly passed away on Friday. He's been ill for quite some time was with family at home, deteriorated quite quickly in the end, went very peacefully. And so if you hadn't heard, I wanted to convey that information to you. And just to say, um, what a man. What a man. Um, I've heard, the word I've heard this morning is legend, but um, he was one of our most treasured people. And we are going to say a few words about him in a couple of weeks' time and really celebrate his contribution to here and to our lives in a couple of weeks. We'll also give you news of where you can honour him with his family. It'll be in Cotman Thorpe. And when we know the details of that, we'll let you know. And if you're available, I know that Q is warmly invited and we were a big part of his experience of life. And he loved us and he loved here. So we will be keen to support that. But for those, for those of you I know who have known him and his family for years, you'll be thinking of them, they'll be on your hearts. And I think in times like this, we can reconcile death with life. We can, we have great hope in all of that. But for the people left behind, there is sadness. And they're the people that I know we will want to support and get round and be of help to where we can. So those of you more closely connected to the family, Thank you for doing what you're doing on behalf of all of us here. Um, and we look forward to celebrating him more in a couple of weeks. But weeks, but we get, I already miss him. He's not there right in front of me. So we're going to miss him very, very dearly. Um, and so what we thought we would do just this morning is we've picked a song that Joel knew was one of his absolute favourites and the lyrics of which also talk so powerfully about how nothing separates, how in death, in life, we're confident and covered by the power of a great love. And I know I mentioned a few months ago that I'd discovered something called the Stockdale Paradox, was how a man had learnt to live in the most difficult of circumstances by balancing the brutal facts with unwavering hope. And so we have some brutal facts that we're going to miss someone dearly, but we have unwavering hope. And so both can be equally true this morning. So let's sing this song as a celebration of John and of life this morning. And kids, if you want to go and have more life out the back, make your way out during this song. Okay. Oh, you're closer. I can see you. How nice. 
So, my title today, um, and what got me thinking about this topic, to be honest, is hiding in plain sight. And you've probably heard the expression that things are hiding in plain sight. Um, and the chame chameleon is an example of a creature that does that. So I'm going to start there. Um, and it's fascinating to me that the reason it changed colours is a, it's an expression of its experience, a response to its incredible sight, and it's tied to being a predator and a prey. That's, that's a lot going on. So the shape-shifting and the being able to blend into the background is actually linked to a number of things. Now, our ability sometimes to fit in and to change shape and to change our expressions is quite similar because we often have a lot going on too. Sometimes the reason why we change in certain environments and appear different ways in certain versions of ourselves to others is because that's linked to our flight or fight responses, our survival. It can also be linked to our experience and we can develop these sort of chameleon tendencies. We learn how to work out how to be in a room, how to be in certain places and how to make that work differently to suit the environment. So the phrase to hide in plain sight it's believed to have its roots as well in hunting and also in military strategies. So in hunting, it refers to this tactic of blending in with the surroundings in order to remain undetected by the prey. And similarly, in warfare, it refers to the strategy of hiding oneself among the enemy or within a crowd to avoid being identified as a, as a threat. And... We know all too well what happens when we make a misstep in life. Have you ever been in a situation where you say something and then there's a glorious tumbleweed moment where you realise, oh, well, that's not what I was supposed to say in this moment. That, that awkward silence when the wrong thing has been said. And interestingly, I thought this was fascinating, the expression that tumbleweed expression comes from a motif in western movies where the wind blows the tumbleweed through the scene usually to establish that the place is very desolate or empty and that is how those moments can feel when they happen to you um, and so this is just one of the reasons why we can learn how to hide in plain sight we can hide in what's expected of us in what we're supposed to say and do and not say and not do. Because even more devastating, when these moments that are mishaps mean that we lose our place by the fire, think of the tribes, how if you were in a tribe, you would have your place by the fire. And if you lost your place by the fire, you were out in the, the very real wilderness and going to be eaten by a predator. So that still plays out. So when we lose our place by that fire, our fight or flight is about survivals and threats, knowing that we need to be part of a tribe, to be part of the group, and we want to keep our place, and we better do that by not upsetting other people. Because if we do upset other people, we're out. And society may have moved on from fires in uninhabited plains, not everybody, but a lot of our society has, but we can still operate like this intuitively. And if you've ever been put out of a tribe, put out of a group, put out of a place where you were once loved, it is devastating. 
soul-destroying, and the fight or flight you develop after the event is significant and very life-altering. So we learn how to adapt. We fit in to keep up appearances, or we, or we leave, because otherwise it's too hard. And we can tell ourselves that no one's really seeing what's going on. I'm hidden. But sometimes we are hiding in plain sight, because sometimes people can see it. And sometimes we want people to see it, because most of us actually still want to be seen and heard and known and have a place by a fire. Now, who recognises these faces? I'm going to put up a series of faces. Tell me if you recognise them. Who ever played Guess Who when you were young or older? These are the old faces. I've noticed that if you try and buy a version now, they've got new faces. Now, um, the one on the bottom left is called Stephen. My son is now 20. But we went through a phase where he played uh, this game a lot. You know how toddlers decide they're going to play something and you play it a lot. And his favourite character was Stephen. Now, what you had to do in Guess Who is there was like a board and they all flipped up. And one person then picked a card and they kept secret who they were. The other person did the same. And so you could be, for example, you could be Anne. Um, you were a bit, mm, it wasn't good if you were Anne because there were fewer women and fewer people with glasses. And so you, you were going to be, you were never going to win that round because the person would go, are you a man? Yes. So you'd flip down all the women. Do you have glasses? Yes. Da, 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 et cetera. So the concept of the game was that you had to guess who the other person was. But because Daniel's favorite character was Stephen, this is how, what he would say. He'd say, mummy, let's play guess who. I'll be Stephen. Um, now, this went on for quite some time. So although I tried to explain the concept of the game was that I couldn't know that he was Stephen, it didn't stick. So we got around this a number of ways by getting people who'd never been to the house before to play this. But I had to spend a lot of time playing Guess Who, pretending I didn't know that he was Stephen. It's actually really hard. And then acting surprised at the end. Every time he was Stephen, well, you're Stephen, fancy that. So um, the whole concept was, he, I'll be Stephen. Now, I remembered this this week because actually it was so lovely that he, was, he wanted us the point of connection and he wanted us to know who he was more than he wanted to grasp the game. It was, he just loved being Stephen. And so and I, it made me really think about this because I thought my most precious family and friends are those who want to actually know me more than they want to be in a game with me, more than they want to be, me to be the version of who they want me to be and say who they want me to sp say. I want to just go, hey, let's play, I'll be Jenny. Um, it's just, it's exhausting sometimes having to work out who people are, what they want, what their expectations of you are, and doing all the guessing around the game. And people who ask me the question and I give them an answer and they look at me like, nah, that's not the answer. Um, one of my friends sent me this picture. Can you put up the next one? Um, people who know me <laughs> know that when I say I'm fine, that doesn't mean I'm fine. Um, and actually, yes, I'm fine, I'm fine, everything is fine. There are some of us who are excellent at making things appear fine, even when they're not. And you'll know people who you're thinking, yeah, I see past, I see past your fine. I see past that. And those people are precious because we can all hide in our busyness, 
in our competence, behind a smile. But most of us want to be seen. And we've learned how to be seen as the version that will be acceptable. And all else must be hidden. Because if I let you see that part of me, I might be rejected. I might be put out. I might lose my place by the fire that's become so important. Now, I just wanted to play... Um, a pause for a, a sort of a bit of a light-hearted clip from friends this morning but if you've seen the news yesterday this is now less light-hearted than I intended for it to be because the actors passed away yesterday so what was going to be quite light-hearted is now a little bit sad but the clip itself is still funny so take a look at this okay so she's known for her tidiness the version that everybody sees is I am super tidy, I'm super organized, nothing gets past my organization. But the truth is, that's not all technically true. And really, she has her own version of mess, she just keeps it hidden, because she wants the messy bit to be a secret. And anything does not, that does not that fit that picture gets locked in a cupboard, rather than being seen and being transparent about. Now, I think most of us may have a Monica-style cupboard. I think that's the secret, and I think knowing that all of us have mess that is reserved for certain situations and certain people is a great equaliser. So do you have some stuff about your life that you wouldn't want most others to see? I don't know, do you? Your activity, your family, your work, your thoughts, your hurts, your past. Now I'm not suggesting we all go round with all of our clutter on display, we might not get through life very efficiently, but we keep some things to ourselves because, but we don't realize that actually some of that still plays out in plain sight. Some of the tension, I know Danny mentioned last week, all of that stuff that you think is so hidden, you're still carrying it with you. It's still in there. It's still behind our closed doors, our walls we put up, our detachments, our nothing to see here moments. It's still a part of who we are. And it's maybe not as hidden as we think it is. Now, the actor Matthew Perry, as I said, sadly died yesterday. And he talks of his time on Friends in a memoir last year. And he Basically, for the whole time, millions and millions were, of people were watching him. He was hiding in plain sight with masses of addiction. And he said this, when I'm carrying weight, he said, no, you can track the trajectory of my addiction if you gauge my weight from season to season. When I'm carrying weight, it's alcohol. When I'm skinny, it's pills. When I have a goatee, it's lots of pills. So he's performing to millions, making us all laugh. But behind that is a lot of other stuff going on. So perhaps some of our act needs to stop. And perhaps some of our, our I'm fine needs to become, I'm finding this really hard. Please, will you help me? Sounds really easy, actually, but that's scary, putting yourself out there like that, because what if then you're not helped? For as long as you're fine, you can tell yourself people would help you if they knew. Once you say, I'm not fine, um, they might not want that version of you, and then they're more vulnerable. Now, what I love about what Jesus reveals God to be like is that he rejected that keeping up appearances and he went to the homes of people who had openly messy lives. 
openly messy lives by all the standards that were set at the time. And in fact, he seemed to wildly prefer that above the mass of the religious upholders. And yes, I think in that, there were transformations that took place when people spent time with Jesus because he saw and accepted them as they were. And in that acceptance, they found themselves able to not have to hide those bits of themselves, but to reconcile and become something else as a result. They found themselves able to become someone free from shame, free from being disenfranchised, free to move into a new way of seeing and of being loved and lovable. So in plain sight, he accepted the unacceptable, always showing what God was like and not like in that game of religion that some could play. And he spoke in stories too, packaging up some of these ideas in stories. And he said something interesting. He said, though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing... They do not hear or understand. So he knew of this thing I'm trying to talk to you about this morning, this idea that it can be there in front of you and you cannot see it, even though it's in plain sight. He understood some things would be so plainly visible, yet completely invisible. Another paradox. Now, Richard Ross said something that, again, we heard a few years ago, and I remembered this week. And there's a slide for this, I think, because I think this is a really good one to digest. If there is such a thing as human perfection, it seems to emerge precisely from how we handle the imperfection that is everywhere, especially our own. What a clever place for God to hide holiness so that only the humble and earnest will find it. A perfect person ends up being one who can consciously forgive and include imperfection rather than one who thinks he or she is totally above and beyond imperfection. Beautiful. And this next song, we'll just pause for a song, captures the, some of the essence of the becoming that makes this possible. Now, there's another type of hiding in plain sight that I want to talk to you about in part two. So it's linked to espionage and undercover operations. We've all seen the films. Spies adopt false identity and seamlessly blend into society, appearing as ordinary citizens whilst carrying out covert covert activities. Um, Yeah, we've all seen the films, haven't we? Maybe you know a spy. I don't, unless one of you is a spy and I just don't know it, in which case, good job. Um, Now, it's not a hiding to survive in this instance, but to have power on various scales. And humans often have a tendency to want to control what is seen, what happens next. And where there is power involved, we all know what happens even when we would prefer not to see it. Now, the reason I did part one first was because if you don't know and I don't know how to live honest and open without the locked cupboards, without being the chameleon in a way we're aware of, we will likely not be tuned into where others lock cupboards, where others play the chameleon, and where others are saying, it's fine, there's nothing to see here. Because we won't be on the wavelength of being conscious to it. 
Now, part of what inspired me um, to think about this stuff was I watched the film again last week called The Big Short, which is based on the book about how the 2007 to 2008 financial crisis was triggered by the United States housing bubble. Now, something monumental and deeply concerning was happening in plain sight, the consequences of which was felt absolutely worldwide. So here, we'll just watch this one short clip. Thank you. I recommend you watch the um, whole film. It's called The Big Short because it is fascinating because it was so plain, but only a few people looked And I think that has something to say this morning because for as long as life is making us feel rich as individuals, we don't always take the time to look and we certainly don't anticipate the price to pay that is around the corner, which is what happened to the bankers. But they could not believe, the people that saw it couldn't not believe that others didn't see it. Because often things cannot be seen in plain sight because we do not ask the questions and because we do not look. Now, I told the the group that we have a chat for our Sundays and I said to them my title this week. I said, I've got a title. I'm not quite sure where I'm going, but I do have a title. And he sent me this picture. Um, And I couldn't see it at first. I have to say, you have to squint Am I in the way of it? You have to squint your eyes. And I don't want to give you a clue. Can anybody see what's going on with the people at the front? It might not be at the right angle. The, the people in the middle, if you squint and blink, become a word. There's no judgment if you can't see it. It took me a while. <laughs> Um, If you can't see it, we'll put it on at the end. I don't want to spoil it for you, but it spells a word. It's one of those magic eye type pictures where you have to see beyond seeing um, because there's something else going on in the picture. Um, I'm dying to tell you, but I'm not going to. We'll put it up at the end. Are you all right to move it? Because otherwise everyone's going to stare at that and... (laughs) Because I would. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So am I trying to make you um, afraid this morning that you might be missing some things that you should see? (laughs) I love you, Georgia. Um, No, I'm not trying to make you afraid because I wouldn't ever set out to make people afraid. But I am trying to highlight that we may well each in life be experiencing fear regularly. And I want to call that out and say we're probably fearing the wrong thing. So we may fear our place by the majority fire in the group. We may fear being exposed and we may fear the shame of being put out of the group. And yet we may not fear more important things hiding in plain sight and the impact that they might be having on our life because of the first fear. So if we can't completely get rid of fear in life, which I haven't mastered that yet, if anyone else has let me know, let's at least be afraid of the things that matter more, which is I want to be in truth. I won't want to be so afraid of being put out of a group that I can't then find truth within the group. I'd rather not have the group is where I'm getting into in my life. So in the final few minutes, I just want to land somewhere with three examples of where the phrase hide in plain sight is used in a sentence and what each of those might teach us. So the first one is this. Despite his bright clothing, the talented spy managed to hide in plain sight in the crowded market. 
Great. That's a good story, isn't it? So let's first of all think about the crowded market that is our life, where we do our transactions. Now, the bankers saw the other bankers going along with what was happening. So they thought, oh, you're doing it. That must be okay that I'm doing it because you wouldn't do it if it wasn't okay. So I'm going to do it. So it must be okay. The crowded market can be a place, well, is a place where things hide in plain sight because we see others doing it and we decide they're doing it, therefore it's okay because they must be. So we have to be aware of that. People see other people staying silent, so think, oh, well, they're being silent, so I will be silent too. I best keep quiet. The crowd of popular opinion, acceptance, and acceptance often determines who is believed because the crowd is a powerful, powerful thing as it links to the safety of tribalism. So do you know what you think outside of your crowd or are your crowd your truth? We tend towards tribe over truth because we, keep our, we want to keep our place, not lose our place. But any crowd we identify with is imperfect in the way we've already mentioned. And knowing that means we won't make all of their thinking our thinking, all of their truth our truth, if we're prepared to see that. And instead, we can have a rich, quality conversation, humble, imperfect, but a conversation. So here's a question for you. Can I converse by your fire and disagree without being rejected by you? And is the same true of me? I think it's important. The second thing, the valuable diamond necklace was hidden in a simple shoebox, perfectly hiding in plain sight. So how we package things is the point I want to draw out here. Have you packaged life so that it all appears as you wish it to appear, but not necessarily as it is? Nothing to see here beyond what I want you to see. Nothing to see here is one of the biggest giveaways that someone is presenting a version of the story. I can do it, I know I can do it, and I know when I do it, just so you know. I know this also applies to me. I'm not saying we should all go around telling everyone we see about everything about our life, but we should be aware of when we sense in ourselves a real unwillingness to be known. When you feel yourself thinking, don't go there, don't ask me, don't see that, I don't want to tell you. We should at least own those moments in ourselves. Why do I need that to be a secret? It's usually something we don't want to see or be questioned about as we have doubts about our own story. But bring that into the light. Air the doubts with someone who will push you past your comfort zone. We've had many, many talks here about the gift of doubt on the quest for truth. It is so necessary. Um, the third one then, the elusive criminal has been living under a false identity, hiding in plain sight for years. Okay, so the last one, false identity. Now, the Halloween Revisit has some wonderful things to say about masks. It's brilliant. I've already watched it this week. How we hide in plain sight by wearing things that present versions of ourselves. Now, I'm going to tell you some examples because sometimes that can help apply it. I'm going to tell you examples of where I hide in plain sight in my life. Okay, I avoid some of life's questions and discomforts through overworking at my job as it is where I feel competent and more certain. I avoid some things by making them okay at times when I should say they are really not okay. And I manage some of my fear through controlling outcomes. 
Anyone who knows me will know that those three things are all true of me. Um, now, people who know me less well may not know they're true of me, but I know they are. And being aware of them and having become aware of them means I can start to own them in my friendships, be accountable to them. And I am working on all of those things because it is where I hide in plain sight and it is where I avoid some truths about my life. Now, I have work to do on those things, but I will tell you, I can include my imperfections in a version of me that is loved. I feel no shame saying it at all because my imperfections are okay. They're part of the story and I'd rather they were messy and visible so that they can be seen and worked through than pretend that they don't exist. So I don't fight these things anymore. I just keep endeavoring to drop the mask, to work them through, to see them and call them out, to then change a decision when I see it happening and do something different, I'm facing the brutal facts of my life with unwavering hope. Now, some of you may hide in some of these in case some of those don't resonate with you and some of these do. In well-rehearsed knowledge, in being dismissive of others, in a lack of engagement, here's one, in agreeableness, in activity, in inactivity, in conflict, in avoiding conflict. Work out where you're hiding places. See where you are hiding in plain sight, often in your own life, and ask yourself what you do when you're stressed. Start there, and then allow for a search of your own life. I remembered um, yesterday, Psalm 139, and it's a bit of a classic of Christian faith, and I think it still has something very powerful to say this morning. I'm just going to read the start of it as I close, and it doesn't discard the revelation that we've come to. If we listen to these verses through the lens of God not being a separate, distant figure, but as life and love and the ground of being itself at one with us. Just listen to how incredible this is if you listen to it through that lens. You have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast." If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Contained in this is that we can be known, found, seen, held. We can be in life and death darkness and light we can feel present we can feel far away and beyond our understanding our sight is something truly remarkable at work it may be a mystery and it may be difficult to articulate but it's absolute truth so as we live in the paradoxes of life today local and global I want us to commit to look to look beyond the majority the packaging 
and the masks to live in the light in every sense of the word because light is what you see by not stare at one of the things that was hidden in plain sight for me was that I was told to simply stare at the light that was Jesus I was not taught how to live by the light that is Christ the all in all because even in the darkness of that revelation there is light so live by the light rather than staring at the light let the light shine on your own life so that you can search and know that and then you will be able to perhaps see more clearly to search and know other things and my prayer this morning is that we will somehow have eyes to truly truly see thank you Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. Now, if you've enjoyed what you've heard today, then we would love to hear from you. Feel free to drop us an email to info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. Don't forget there are blogs and all sorts of media to be enjoyed at qyork.co.uk, which are welcome to browse at your leisure. Until next time, enjoy the quest. <laughs>